My name is Travis Belden, and for the last five years, I've been making podcasts. My friends join me on this ride as we talk about movies, TV shows, and just about anything else we can think of that's pop culture. I'm not consistent with new episodes or even have the most downloads out there. But the dozens and dozens of followers that we have simply know us as Pop Culture Rewind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Rewind. I'm your host, Travis, and on this episode, I'll be giving my thoughts and review for the big CW Arrowverse crossover event that recently wrapped up, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I've done reviews for the past two crossovers before this one, which was Crisis on Earth X and Elseworlds, so I figured I'd continue the tradition and do this one as well. Although I must apologize for the lateness on this review, the ones before this one were only three or four part episodes, which con- concluded as the mid-season finales for those seasons, giving us a nice break and time for me to review them at that time. With this one, however, it was a it was a nice five part event, which is a good thing as it gave a little more time to tell a story. The bad thing about that is the last two episodes didn't air until after the long Christmas break. And led right into the normal episodes right after for the rest of the seasons. So I had to wait until about mid-January to do a review for it. And by that time, we're already going on going on with other episodes that we had to record. So with all that being said, let's get into my breakdown of CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Every existence multiplied by possibility and spread out in infinite measure. Now there is a malevolent force at work, one driven by a singular goal, the destruction of all there is. There's a wave of antimatter sweeping across this universe, destroying everything in its path. I brought you all to Earth-38 because this is where the Monitor wants you to make your stand. Right, so we are going to need a bigger team. You want some help? The entire universe needs you. Across space and time exist seven heroes who can save the multiverse. I'll find them. You are Clark Kent, right? Bruce? Kate? to stop this antimatter wave. All right, then flash. Oliver, it's time. Has the planet been evacuated yet? Not entirely. Then it's not time. One thing is certain. Everything we know, everything there is, and everything there ever was is doomed. Okay, so uh, part one actually took place on the uh, on the Supergirl show, and uh, from the very start, I did like how the they did the opening. 
they had a narration uh, from uh, the uh, the guy that plays uh, the monitor. You can hear him doing a, a narration, and it's almost as, as as far as I can remember, it's almost verbatim on how the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book started. Uh, talk about infinitude and, and all this other stuff and how the multiverse is created. So it was that was kind of cool to, to actually hear that. Um, and it also set up what, you know, well, as much as they can, some of the stuff that's going to be going on in this in this event. Um, but it wastes no time right after that getting into uh, seeing, you know, the red skies and, and all this other stuff. And we're, we're going to cut... Real quick to a bunch of different uh, alternate Earths here, um, and we see them getting wiped out. But the the fun thing about this is we do get a lot of cameos, uh, a lot of winks and nods to other things. Um, the first one that we get with the red sky and everything is uh, we have this is another good thing about this uh, this whole event was they did uh, placeholders like uh, title cards for which where they're at, which Earths, and this and that. So. Um, that was, um, well, first of all, it was very much needed on this one, but secondly, this is kind of cool to kind of keep you on track of what's going on. But the first one is Earth 89, and right off the bat, we hear the, the classic Danny Elfman, uh, Batman score, and then we see, uh, uh, old Knox from the 89 movie played by Robert Rule. Uh, he's reading a newspaper on a bench. Uh, there's a headline on the newspaper that he's reading. Uh, I already kind of forgot what it said, but all of this is obviously tied into the 1989 Batman movie, hence called Earth 89. Uh, so that was that was kind of already like right off the bat. It was kind of cool hearing the theme, seeing a familiar face from an old movie that we like. So that was one. Oh, I think he said something like "Where are you, big guy?" or something. So it's kind of neat. Uh, so we from there we cut to Earth Nine. Uh, and then this one we see from the uh, DC Universe Titan series. We see Robin and uh, Hawk. Uh, they're just kind of they just kind of turn and look at something, and then you see them get wiped out. Then we cut to Earth X, and we see the Ray. Uh, now this is kind of tied into the crossover from a couple years ago, the Crisis on Earth X, where Ray, or the Ray, I should say, is uh, kind of a Almost a sort of an important character in that one, but I mean he's a character from the comics. But we we were introduced to him live action on the uh, Earth X crossover. So anyway, doesn't really matter. We see him get wiped out too. So um, so from there we cut to Earth sixty six. We hear the classic Batman nineteen sixty six theme, and we see Burt Ward in a in a Robin colored shirt or dashiki or something. I don't know what he's wearing. It's kind of weird. But uh, then he. The skies are turning red. He kind of looks up. He says, holy crimson skies of death. Uh, Because what else do you do when you look up and you see possibly the end of your world coming at you? You make a pun out of it, right? So anyway, but it's all tongue-in-cheek already, so. There was only one, a single black infinitude. Then the infinitude found release, and finally the darkness broke. Filling it with life. With the multiverse. Every existence multiplied by possibility and spread out before space and time in infinite measure. Civilizations rose and fell 
and rose again across reality's grasping expanse. Life, a precious gift persevering in the face of every obstacle until finally the Age of Heroes was born. Chaos, the constant enemy of life, kept at bay by champions from across the multiverse. Joining forces to fight on behalf of all creation, they found each other just in time. Because now the entire multiverse is about to come under attack. There is a malevolent force at work, one driven by a singular goal. I hope you're watching, big guy. The destruction of all there is. who say I have schemed. But the time for preparation is past. The crisis is now upon us all. Holy crimson skies of death! Um, from there, we get the title cards for Crisis, and then we're on to the, the main story, which goes on to Earth-38, which is, I mean, if you follow the CW uh, shows, Earth-38 is... Supergirl's Earth that she's on. As we all know, she's not part of Flash or Arrow on their Earth. So uh, one of the reasons they're doing this whole thing in the first place is to try to rectify all that. So uh, we're on Supergirl's Earth, and uh, it's that Earth is about to die too. I think we're already starting to see like the red skies and whatnot. But, but as in noticing this, uh, they also notice that it's about to hit Argo City first, which... Longtime uh, Superman fans will know of Argo City. Uh, it's one of the last remaining cities that survived uh, Krypton, uh, which was just introduced to the Supergirl TV show. I, I want to say the the season before this one, or maybe it might have been earlier in this season. I'm not really sure, um, but I know they just it was it's kind of new that they introduced Argo City to uh, to the CW. Um, but this is where. The CW, Superman, and Lois Lane are, and they, if you're, if you watched uh, Elseworlds last, the last crossover, they announced at the very tail end of that, one of the last kind of throwaway bits was uh, Lois announced that she was pregnant, and um, so this, so this time this kind of catches up with them, and they've already had their son, so anyway, they, um, on Earth, they, they kind of get a message out to Argo, they warn them. Um, so what they do is they actually get a rocket. I don't know if they have already had the rocket made or, or they just decided to make one. Or, I don't know, but they actually put their son in a rocket and shoot it off just as Argo City gets wiped away. And um, I think that I, I thought it was going to go somewhere, but we'll, as we'll see, I don't I don't think that goes anywhere with them shooting off the rocket their their son in the rocket space. Um, back on Earth One. <clears throat> This picks up in the uh, right where the last episode of Arrow left off with Arrow talking to his daughter. So Lila, who's, you know, if y'all know from the Arrow show, she's uh, Deagle's wife. Um, but uh, in this one, she's also going to be Harbinger or Harbinger. Is it Harbinger? I think it's Harbinger. Anyway, so yeah, th that was a main character in the Crisis comic books where... Um, she kind of gathers up all the heroes into uh, to help 
save the universe and everything. So uh, we're introduced to her as, as Harbinger. And um, so she, she takes them to uh, Earth-38. And we also find out that she also saved Superman and Lois from Argo City. And we get the big exposition of, of what's going on with uh, why is the skies red? Why is there lightning everywhere? What's going on? They, they of course, the CWs, they, they science everything with, you know, they already found out that there's antimatter and it's wiping out everything from existence. Um, at the same time, we see one of the quantum towers start to rise up from the ground. Um, again, straight from the comics. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see uh, more uh, visuals and more nods to uh, what we're, you know, if you read the comic book, you kind of know what the quantum towers are. But um, Lila brings in the, the White Canary, the Atom, and the Flash to uh, join in all the heroes. So they find out that uh, Lois's, uh, Lois and Superman's uh, spaceship for their son oh his name's Jonathan by the way uh, went through a wormhole right after he got shot in space lands up on Earth 16 so I forgot about that part but yeah goes into Earth 16 and um, I believe they uh, they go back and try to rescue him from there uh, <clears throat> now for Earth 38 uh, you know Supergirl and her sister and all them they work for the, the DEO um, and they're starting to plan evacuation for the entire Earth. They want to evacuate the entire population. I don't think they ever said where they actually take it. Oh, I think they shoot them over to Earth-1 somehow. That's what they do. Uh, so in the middle of all this, Green Arrow gives uh, his daughter Mia uh, a Green Arrow suit. You know, we're starting to plant the seeds for her, you know, kind of taking over when he's gone. Which, by the way, that was the whole thing in this whole season of Arrow, in case y'all haven't been following. Uh, yeah, he's been, you know, all these CW shows, they have a little narration from the hero at the start of the show, what their kind of, their their creed is for that season or what they're doing for that show. Uh, this time, you hear Oliver at the beginning of every episode, he says, in order to save everybody, he's got to become someone else, he's got to become something else. So, and obviously we knew that this was the final season of, of Arrow. So, yeah, it's not a big surprise what's going to happen to Oliver here pretty soon. Alright, so after he gives the, his daughter a suit, uh, he summons the Monitor. And he demands that he's the only one who's supposed to die, not Flash. Which is a callback to last year's crossover. Because by this point, oh, I, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, before this, uh, Green Arrow and Flash have a conversation. And Flash tells Arrow that he's supposed to die in Crisis. And that's what some. That's why he summons Monitor. But uh, yeah, all this whole season of Flash, uh, mind you, was all about them preparing for Crisis and preparing for for Barry to die. Um, so I will say that's the one good thing about this these these seasons of Flash and Arrow. They were very um, straightforward and they were laser focused on getting to Crisis. Um, so just kind of refreshing. We didn't get a lot of fluff. We didn't get a lot of uh, typical CW BS that we get in a lot of the past seasons. So that was, that was pretty refreshing. So they, uh, they go and they recruit Lena Luther to help them, uh, create a device or create a way to help evacuate, uh, all the people. 
Um, so we go to Earth 16 uh, in the year 2046. I don't know why we had to go into the future, but uh, this time we see White Canary, Lois, and uh, Brainiac 5 retrieve uh, Jonathan from the old, from an older Oliver who was uh, who had him. It was kind of weird. Uh, first of all, like I said, I don't know why they had to go into the into the future. I guess other, uh, well, there was a thing where, um, this the scene where White Canary basically tells this older Oliver that he did everything right, there's no regrets for what happened to her life, blah, 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 but that was their closure, I guess, because all, again, going back to the last season of Arrow, uh, the, he was on a mission, and every mission basically was every episode, and he basically got to say his goodbyes to all the past people that were important to him, and White Canary was one. Didn't get that on the show, but we got this on here. Um, my only complaint about this scene was it was supposed to be like an older uh, Oliver, and they barely did anything to his makeup. Like, almost, if you didn't know it was 2046, or the way they were talking, I wouldn't really know that it was a, a older, it was supposed to be an older Oliver. So that was kind of weird. And plus, I, I believe in one future episode on one show, it might have been Arrow, might have been, I don't know where I've seen this at, but, uh, there was a, an older Oliver that was missing an arm. So I don't know if that's just a different earth or, or whatever, but yeah, if you, I just figure if you do it on one way, make him with a missing an arm in the future and eh, do on this one too. Anyway, that was a little bit confusing on my part, but I digress. Um, okay. So we have green arrow, uh, his daughter, then we have Batwoman, the Adam, we have flash Supergirl, and, and Superman fight an army of the shadow demons while everyone evacuates Earth, or they, they board up everybody on these ships that they have. They built everything really fast. They got everything ready to go pretty fast to get get everybody evacuated. Uh, you know, Lois and Superman got that rocket rocket ship ready to go for their son. You know, everything happens very fast on this thing. So, uh, But it was kind of cool to see the shadow demons. Uh, again, just like the quantum towers, uh, it's kind of cool to see the the, uh, the shadow demons in in a uh, live action form. Uh, but yeah, there's a big old fight with them. Uh, the monitor comes in and sends the heroes to Earth One, right as this Earth is about to uh, get destroyed. But Arrow stays behind to make sure everyone is off the planet, just as Earth Thirty Eight disappears. So we cut to Earth One. And we see Monitor bring in a beaten and bloody Oliver laying on the table. And he says that over three billion lives made it to Earth One. And one billion of those were due to Oliver. So they were managed to evacuate three billion people. You know how long it would take to actually do that in real life? To get that kind of organization, to get three billion people to, uh, to all kind of board up on ships and, and I don't know whatever so anyway they said because Oliver stayed behind and, and waited and, and beat off more of the the shadow demons as long as he could you know an extra billion people were, were saved so um, of course making the ultimate sacrifice oh as he's on the table dying we see uh, Nash Wells pop up as Pariah and uh I knew, you know, you know, reading the comics, you know, Pariah, he, um, his character was one that he was forced to witness, um, 
anytime an earth was to get erased, he had a, he was like banished or whatever. He had, to, he was forced to see that destruction, uh, that he caused. And the whole reason that he's, that we say he caused it is because he's the one that unleashed the uh, anti-monitor out of his little cell or whatever. And that's what, um, uh, that's what kind of what we saw him do last couple episodes of flash. He was trying to unlock it. He was trying to open it up. Uh, but his goal was, I don't want to say noble, but his goal was to actually kill off Anti-Monitor, but he actually ended up just letting him loose. So it wasn't shown on screen. It was just kind of shown off screen. So we see him pop up as Pariah in a costume, the Pariah, which looked actually pretty good. I got to say this, um, for being on, you know, TV budgets and everything, the, the costumes are one of the best things I think about this whole thing, uh, with Pariah, with Harbinger with uh, just the usual heroes that we see so um and of course like monitor and anti monitor and all that other stuff so but anyway um the pariah thing was so overlooked so so quickly just i don't know it was one of the sacrifices i think they had to make on the show when with not explaining exactly who pariah is or what his deal is i mean he explains it later on in the series but it's just Eh, you know, this is kind of weird. Uh, so anyway, this episode ends. Um, so Oliver actually dies on the in front of everyone. So that's gonna end uh, the part one. Kind of surprising, like for some people. I, I mean, I knew Oliver was gonna die. I think it kind of shocked everybody that he died at the end of episode one, which is kind of weird. But uh, so far. This episode, episode one, it had to set up a lot of stuff to get everybody up to speed. Um, but, you know, they try to make it fun with all the uh, with all the cameos and all the different Earths that they went to. And uh, it was kind of cool, like I said, seeing some of the true-to-form comic book stuff, like the Quantum Towers and the Shadow Demons and things like that. So um, the only bad thing that, it, that this thing is tied to is the fact that it is CW. You know, so you gotta you you gotta stick everything. You gotta stick the characters with the story, and not all the characters are great. <laughs> so I don't know. This is one of those things. Um, did I mention? I, I don't know if I uh, mentioned when they went to the Earth sixteen on in the year twenty forty six. They did get the son uh, Jonathan back. So, um, but I still I don't remember that going anywhere though. Maybe, maybe I'll remember later on here. Okay, so now we get into part two, which took place on uh, Batwoman, which is a terrible show. If you haven't seen it, just don't worry about it. It's I tried to give it a shot. I did try to watch the first few few episodes, and I just it's so bad. Uh, the costume looks cool. That's about it. Um, Man, I thought Supergirl was bad on SJW stuff, but man, Batwoman just cranks it up to volume 11 on that crap. But anyway, fortunately, we don't have a whole lot of mess to, you know, a lot of that mess in this series. So even though it took place on Batwoman, there's not a whole lot of stuff on that. It's just, it goes straight into the story, continuing where we left off. So where we left off from the last part was they're still on Earth 1. There's in the same scene, basically. Everyone's still mourning uh, for Oliver. Uh, Monitor says they need uh, the Wave Rider, the little time ship that they use on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. 
So they go to uh, Earth-74, and they get one that um, has another Legends of Tomorrow cast member, uh, Rory, or Mick, or whatever you want to call him, uh, played by Dominic Purcell. Uh, so he joins up on the on the, on the team here. Uh, Monitor explains about this whole thing called Paragons. Now, uh, we get an explanation of what Paragons are, and explains that he went back and retrieve the Book of Destiny, which they thought was destroyed. So all this stuff is going to play a big part for the rest of the series here. Um, so they say, okay, who are the Paragons? The Paragons are the most, you know, the important aspects of of what it takes to to stop the Anti Monitor, right, and stop the the crisis from happening. So, well, who are the Paragons, right? And uh, of course, of course. For the most part, there are already characters on the CW shows. That was kind of a disappointment for me. But here we go. We have uh, Kara, Supergirl. She's the Paragon of Hope. We have Sarah, the White Canary. She's the Paragon of Destiny. There is a, quote, a Kryptonian who has suffered great loss is the Paragon of Truth. And we have the Paragon of Courage is known as the Bat of the Future. I will say Batwoman did have a nice little line where she says, who makes up these names? It's pretty stupid. Um, so they, so we have Supergirl. She's a Paragon. We have uh, White Canary. She's a Paragon. So they need to go out and search for a Kryptonian. And then we also, they also need to find um, the Bat of the Future. So, um, they, they decide to split up to go find the Paragons. Before that, uh, the Monitor actually brings in Lex Luthor to play an important role. So, um, I believe Lex was actually killed off in Supergirl, the series, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Monitor brought him back. A do-over, as I think he, he called it later on. Um, Lex doesn't waste any time in causing shenanigans he uh steals the book of destiny and he says that he's going to kill all the supermen not just superman all of them so uh we see barry and uh, mia who's green arrow's daughter uh they devise a plan they're going to use a lazarus pit to bring oliver back to life which could work i guess you know um, so that's they're planting the seeds for that plot right there. Um, we cut to Earth ninety nine, where uh, Batwoman and uh, Supergirl both went to find the the Bat to the Future Paragon, and this is where we're introduced to Kevin Conroy as the old Bruce Wayne. Now, I shouldn't have to explain this to you, but Kevin Conroy is probably one you know one of the most recognizable voices of any Batman character out there, or Batman uh, role. Uh, but never really done live action. He's always done animation. Then the voice of Bruce Wayne, Batman. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Uh, that was a nice wink and a nod to cast an older an older Bruce Wayne. In this particular Bruce Wayne, he has to wear a bodysuit due to years of abuse of being Batman. The cool thing is, if you read Kingdom Come... You might recognize that bodysuit, because I think it was referenced off that comic book series. So we get the introduction of, uh, of old Bruce Wayne. So, uh, cut to Earth-75. 
this is kind of a cool scene. Uh, we see Lois and Clark. They're trying to find that Earth's Superman. But it's too late because they look up and they see a news report uh, that Lex Luthor has just killed Superman. Now, the cool thing about this, what I mentioned before about pulling stuff from the comics and the visuals and, and the costumes and everything, we get a really cool, I mean, it was really quick, but it was a nice, um, the, the shot that they used for this, this news footage, it was straight out of Superman 75, which... Superman, where Superman died fighting Doomsday, the, the original death of Superman, um, where we see him laying out, we see Lois um, over him, and we see the little pole with the the his cape and the symbol flying in the wind. You get all that in that one shot. I thought that was uh, very cool. The funny thing is they brought that, <laughs> they they used that in some of their promotional footage. Everybody got all pissed off because they said, ah, oh, spoiler alert, but. Uh, if it's crisis, different Earths, whatever, it doesn't really matter. So anyway, I thought that was on a, a really cool shot that they did. All right, so back to uh, Barry and Mia's plan to use the Lazarus Pit. They get with Constantine um, and have him locate an Earth that has a Lazarus Pit in it. And he says he did, he did find one, so we're going to cut to that later on. Uh, we go to Earth 167. Now, this is a really cool one. This is a fun one for everybody. Uh, Lois, Clark, and Iris. I forgot Iris was with Lois and Clark in the last one, too, I, I believe. Uh, so, Lois, Clark, and Iris, they pop in, and we see Tom Welling's Clark Kent. That's right. We're on Smallville, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, that was a big, that was probably one of the most hyped uh, promotional things that, that was going into this. It was Tom Welling who was returning uh, to uh, reprive uh, his role. So anyway, they, they meet up with uh, Clark and they try to explain what's going on, but they quickly get vanished. They just pop, they, they, they just go away. Uh, and they are replaced by Lex Luthor, which by the way, um, I didn't mention this before, Lex Luthor, played by John Cryer, uh, and I gotta say, the more he played him, the more I enjoyed him. I think he he was introduced the last season of Supergirl, really over the top, really like '80s Christopher Reeve, uh, Lex Luthor, or I should say Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, very nefarious. But he's like hamming it up in a lot of his stuff, and uh, it was just kind of ref it's almost refreshing to see a a really evil Lex Luthor. So uh, anyway. So, yeah, Lex pops in. Uh, it's funny. He explains, Clark asks who he is, and uh, he says, I'm Lex Luthor. And Clark just kind of gives an up and down. He says, eh, you're not Lex. Which was kind of a, that was kind of neat. Uh, since we didn't have uh, Michael Rosenbaum to return, uh, and this isn't this, the Lex he's familiar with. That was kind of a nice little line there. So Clark explains that he's given up his powers. Lex, Lex asks why you're the most powerful in person in, on the planet why would you give up the power and then we see well we hear Lois yelling Clark in the background and I think we hear or, see some, or they say something about the kids or the daughters or whatever so obviously he gave up the life of Superman to uh, be a normal human uh, with uh, Lois and have a family on their farm the Kent farm so 
likes he said there's no there's no satisfaction in that so he just he just leaves leaves him be you're not lex maybe not the lex you know the multiverse has a way of aligning fates what'd you do with those people send them back to their flying tin can in the sky let's hope they learn from this teachable moment i'm here for you not them whoever you are i'm just a guy working on his farm you will always be my greatest enemy on any earth it's written in the stars and in this book or i wouldn't know that on this earth clark kent is superman where i come from that would be ridiculous he can't see past his glasses so what do you want Hi. to kill you of course and every version of you across the multiverse so that if the uh, super friends somehow find a way to save existence there won't be a single superman to stand in my way that's kryptonite which has no effect on me ever since i gave up my powers you gave up your powers can't say i missed these chats you were basically a god you could fly you could see through walls you had super strength I think it's time for you to... I'm still stronger. You took all the fun out of it. Enjoy your little slice of mediocrity while you can, Clark. You're all doomed anyway. Anyway, nice little thing. We do see uh, Erica Durance comes out and they talk about what just what what just happened? But oh, I didn't mention on uh, back on Argo City on part one, Erica Durant was in that episode too. She actually played uh, Laura, uh, Supergirl's mom on Argo City. So um, again, they did. I know Supergirl in particular did a lot of uh, stunt casting. Uh, they they brought in like Dean Cain, um, um, Helen Slater, uh, like I said, Erica Durant. I think Terry Hatcher. Was in there, so they. So if you like those kind of weeks and nods to uh, past things, Supergirl, they do some good stuff. But man, that the political stuff on there. Anyway, okay, I'm gonna get off the topic. Okay, so um, all right, so back on Earth ninety nine, Bruce, old Bruce, explains that he's given up on courage, and he's been he's actually been killing people to stop them. Like he's, you know, he says it's just a lot easier just to just kill them, just be done with it. So that's kind of a hint that something's going on with that. You know, like why would Bruce start killing people? So uh, we cut to the uh, Wave Rider, and this is where a lot of the stuff starts taking place um, instead of Earth. You know, they just they're that, that's kind of like their home base now is on the Wave Rider. Uh, we see uh, Ray uh, Ray Palmer, played by Brandon Routh. Uh, he's building a what he calls a Paragon Finder. He's going to help try to find the rest of the Paragons. Uh, so while that's going on, we cut to Earth-96, and uh, Lois, Clark, and Iris find that Earth's Clark, played by Brandon Routh. Uh, so uh, that was another big, that was that was a much hyped uh, focus point going into this. We knew that Brandon Routh was returning to his Superman role as, as uh, you know, everybody... I think he, I don't want to say you love him or hate him as Superman, but I think 
as much uh, grief that everybody gives Superman Returns, the movie, I think for the most part, everybody really enjoyed Brandon Routh as Superman. And I, I'm, I'm in that camp. I, I really did enjoy Brandon Routh kind of channeling um, Christopher Reeve in that movie. I think he did a really good job. And right here we see him back as uh, Clark Kent. We're inside the Daily Planet. Um, so we're introduced to that. Uh, we cut back to Earth-99. And uh, Kara, Supergirl, finds out that this old Batman, he actually ended up killing Superman with some uh, kryptonite. Because uh, he has like a whole like treasure, like he has a, like a trophy case of all these different villains he's defeated. And on one of them, he had a pair of glasses. And uh, old Batman's servant dude says that was uh, that was Superman's. So and that's when Kara starts to flip out that this Batman may not be the paragon that they thought he was. So cut back to Earth-96. We get Clark. He explains everyone he knew died in attack on the Dale planet. So that was the, you know, the, the Kryptonian that suffered great loss. So um, they basically talk him into joining the, the joining them in the fight right before Lex comes in. But right before Lex comes in, uh, you know, Clark gets a little smile on his face. He kind of zooms away and zooms back in his costume, which in this particular one, it is the Kingdom Come Superman outfit. You know, if you're not familiar with what Kingdom Come is, it's the... Uh, just a traditional Superman costume, you know, blue tights, red underwear, you know, but the the red, this the Superman emblem instead of the uh, the yellow in the background, it's it's black, so a little bit different, and it's just to show that he's been through some stuff there. So, what is this? Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane. Why are all these names on your wall? Hey. Reject from Gotham felt that we didn't cover him enough, so he played what he called a practical joke and gasped the building. All these people died? My friends, my wife. I lost everyone in one fell swoop. Almost as if you've been through more loss than any mortal man could endure. I think we just found our paragon. We need you to come back with us. I know this sounds insane, but you might be the key to saving the multiverse. It's actually one of the least insane things I've ever heard. First, you stay and face Luther. Then you won't do it alone. Uh, but anyway, right when he gets into the costume, uh, Lex pops in and he uses the uh, Book of Destiny. Instead of killing him, he actually says he's moved on from that and he's actually going to control him. Um, so he puts a spell on Superman, and that Superman begins to attack the the, the regular CW Superman. I don't, I don't know what you want to call him. Um, I don't want to say generic Superman or, or, or low-rent Superman, but there's something about this Superman that they use on CW. He's, I don't know, he's not outgoing. He's not... When Superman comes into a room, like... He needs to be, like, the center of attention. Like, he demands, a, he demands everybody's eye you know and this superman he's just kind of there he's almost like second fiddle to supergirl which makes sense cw women power feminism all that stuff you know supergirl's better than superman i get it but regardless 
they CW really needs because I know Superman and Lois are getting their own TV show, and I really hope they're not going to. I'm not, they're not going. They're not going to. But I really hope they find some way of making him more impressive as Superman, and he's not. He's just kind of like regular Joe Superman. I don't know. It's weird. Um, but at any rate, we do get a kind of a decent uh, Superman versus Superman fight, um, kind of like similar to last year's crossover, where we got the uh, um, the, the villain. Um, God, what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name. I'm drawing a blank on it. But he played Deegan. He was the main guy with the Book of Destiny. Anyway, he turned himself into Superman, um, and we got a Superman versus Superman fight in the last last crossover this time. Um, we get another one, but this time it's two different actors. So that's kind of cool seeing the big Superman fight. Uh, Lois does end up taking out Lex, gets the book back, and gets Superman to snap out of the control. So that was a fun little scene. I like that one. You okay? Actually, this is the second time I've gone nuts and fought myself. Uh, so we cut to Earth 18, where uh, Barry and Mia and Sarah. They uh, they find a uh, a uh, Lazarus pit, but um, it's kind of cool. We do see um, Jonah Hex uh, come out, and they they it doesn't take very long, but they they have a little fight with him. But that was kind of neat uh, seeing Jonah Hex pop up out of nowhere. Um, uh, so they do bring uh, Oliver in, and they put him in the pit. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, back on Earth ninety nine, uh, Bruce attacks Kara. With some with some kryptonite. See for yourself. I can barely walk. Let alone wear that again. You understand how many people, how many worlds are going to die? Well, if they're anything like this world, maybe that's for the best. How can you even say that? There was no hope for this world. It's because you killed Superman. This guy's not a paragon of anything. I was right. We can't trust the monitor. What did you do? Clearly what you couldn't. How is he a threat? Strange visitor from another planet comes to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Clark. Clark always said yes to anyone with a badge. Or a flag. He gave them too much power. My parents taught me a very different lesson. Life only makes sense if you force it to. Uh, back on the uh, Earth 18, uh, Oliver jumps out of the pit, but he doesn't have a soul, which is the one thing that Constantine warned them about. You know, you could, you could revive him, but he won't be, he won't have a soul. So, back on Earth 99, uh, Batwoman pushes Bruce into a electrical box and kills him. That's right, they killed, uh, Kevin Conroy, ba- uh, Batman, or Bruce, which he was, I guess he was evil, so it's okay, right? Uh, back on the Wave Rider, we see uh, Batwoman. She's revealed to be the new Paragon of Courage. Meanwhile, uh, Constantine can't seem to revive Oliver's soul uh, for now. So that's going to linger on. That's going to keep on. They're going to try to keep trying to save him. Uh, Kara, back on the Wave Rider, she tells uh, Batwoman or Kate, whatever. She plans to use the Book of Destiny to bring back her Earth. Kate warns her it could be dangerous. Kara doesn't care. She's got hope. 
right? She's the paragon of hope, right? Kate pulls out some kryptonite she took from Bruce just to show us, the viewers, that she has kryptonite. So what's she going to do with it, right? Um, so at the very end of this, we see Lyla, uh, Lyla, or Harbinger. She gets confronted by the anti-monitor. We find out the anti-monitor is actually kind of controlling her. She's trying to fight it. But but if you know the comics, you knew that was already a thing. So again, they do stick a lot to the source material on this, as much as they could anyways. Okay, so that leads us to part three, uh, which took place on Flash. Okay, so this episode starts off, we get an opening shot on Earth 203, and we see Huntress from uh, the old Birds of Prey TV show, played by Ashley Scott, reprising her role. Uh, so that's kind of neat, uh, seeing her for a split second before Red Skies and Lightning wipes out her entire Earth. So that was fun while it lasted for a couple seconds. Um, cut to uh, Earth 1. I guess Earth One orbit. I guess inside the Wave Rider, uh, the Flash brings in his crew: uh, Cisco, Caitlin, Elongated Man, to help out. Uh, Cisco helps Ray fix the Paragon Finder, and they discover that the Paragon of Honor is the Martian Manhunter. Uh, the Paragon of Love is the Flash, and the Paragon of Humanity is a newcomer named Ryan Troy, who is a uh, if you more into modern comics, he's uh, he will have a role to play in the comics, but so far I haven't really seen much of him in the TV series. But in this particular case, he's the Paragon of Humanity. Um, we'll see more of him here in just a minute. We see uh, Diggle arrive, and he learns about Oliver. And of course, he gets all sad because he wasn't there for him. So uh, Sarah tells him uh, about Lila being. She's gone. She's missing. We don't know what happens to her. Uh, Monitor comes in and explains the anti-monitor. Uh, and his plan is to replace the multiverse with a universe that he can control. So that's, we're finally, part three, we're finally getting to more idea what, what what's going on. You know, in case you're just a casual viewer and don't know, you know, what's really going on. And like, what, why are they doing all, what's going on? What's the, what's the, what's the scheme? What's, the, what's going on here? Who's the bad guy? All this other stuff. So that's the, that's what's going on. Antimonitor wants to rebuild the universe he can control. So Cisco finds a source of the antimatter wave that's wiping out all the universes. Of course, Cisco is like first he helps get the Paragon Finder working. Now he finds the source of the anti. This guy can do everything. Jesus, he doesn't even know super superpowers. But that doesn't stop Monitor from restoring his his vibe vibe powers. Um, which he had for a while, and then he voluntarily gave up his powers. He didn't want him anymore. So Monitor kind of forced placed them back on him. Back on Earth-1, got Barry, Cisco, and Caitlin. They meet Pariah. Uh, he explains... Uh, this is what I was talking about earlier. We get a quick explanation that he's controlled by the Anti-Monitor to witness all the worlds he's that, that he's helped get destroyed. So... That's that's pretty much it though. I mean, he does some other stuff. He'll he'll come into he'll he'll play a part here later on. But man, his explanation, his character is so for like so rushed. So we see Supergirl and Batwoman get Lex to tell them how to use the book and how to bring back Earth. So we see more of that plot. 
And if Batwoman is willing to go along with it. Okay, so in this next scene here, this is pretty cool. Um, Earth 666. We see Constantine, Mia, and Diggle go to a club, knock on the door, and out comes Lucifer. So, uh, that was a big rumor going into this thing. Would Lucifer, played by uh, Tom Ellis on the from the Lucifer show, show, actually pop up? Because a lot of people who watch Lucifer may not know uh, that that is, in fact, a, a DC property. So, and, you know, him and Constantine, uh, they have a history. So, it's kind of cool to see uh, him pop out. Um, they have a quick little banter back and forth. Uh, Lucifer being Lucifer. It was really fun, really fun scene. He's got really good uh, comedic timing, really good uh, like uh, facial expressions, things like that. So, um, so basically, he helps him out. He says he owes him one. Uh, so that he actually gives them a pass to go to purgatory. Don't worry, Squire. Luckily, I know a guy. Oh, you're gonna love her. She's pretty much up for everything. <laughs> Always a pleasure to see you, Lucy. It's time. Excuse me, ladies. Seems like you're not the only ones who want a piece of me. I'll see you later. Johnny! <laughs> well, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to see you on my earth, outside my club, but it's not. Hello? I believe we've met Lucifer, Morningstar. Lucifer, Morningstar, as in... The devil, yes, exactly. So tell me, what is it you desire? I desire to get my father back. Oh, daddy issues. Why didn't you say so? Look, I don't know if you have an Oliver Queen on your world, but ours is a shuffled off this mortal coil. A soul retrieval. Blah, blah, blah. The worlds are ending. It's all very biblical, John. Okay. Okay, I'm only doing this because I owe you for maze. Yeah, you do. You remind me of my brother, by the way. Tall, dark, annoyed by me. You gotta help us on that. Oh, flirt. The devil always sees through on a deal. Take this card. You'll have a limited time once inside purgatory, and once the picture completely fades... Our souls will be decimated, blah, blah, blah. And trapped in eternity forever, so I don't recommend it. Consider us even, John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. Is it? I don't care. Always a pleasure doing business with mortals. Yeah, back on Earth-1, uh, Barry and company break through the wall. I think this was on a, a quantum tower they break through. I'm not really, I, I can't remember exactly where they were at, where they went through this wall. Um, and they find Barry from Earth-90 being used to charge the antimatter force. It's basically, as cheesy as it sounds, it's basically a treadmill. It's a treadmill that Flash is running on that generates force. That's, uh, uh, I guess, kinetic force, I guess, to charge the antimatter force that's wiping out all these other universes. And in this scene, Cisco and Caitlin find out that Earth 2 was destroyed. Um, I was wondering when they were going to find that out because that was uh, Earth 2 was wiped out uh, early on in Arrow. I think the end of the first episode of the season of Arrow, it was wiped out on, on Arrow. But Earth 2 actually has characters that are tied to the Flash show. So seeing them finally realize or catch up to us that 
you know, the, that uh, we knew that Earth 2 was destroyed. It's kind of sad. I mean, it's kind of, it, they had good reactions to it um, because some of the characters that were killed off in that one. Um, but uh, Barry ends up getting the 90s flash knocked off the treadmill, which does start a chain reaction due to the fail safe that the anti monitor plugged into the uh, that uh, treadmill thing. So 90s Flash says he's got to get back on it and continue going to end that chain reaction they just started. So um, we cut to uh, another scene. We have Ray, we have Elongated Man, and Iris. They retrieve uh, Ryan, the paragon of humanity. But he refuses to help. He's got a family. He don't want to do anything. So cut back to... uh, the uh, Earth One uh, Black Lightning pops up. He's brought in to help contain the energy from the antimatter device uh, that was knocked off from the treadmill thing. So, uh, cut to Batwoman. She ends up convincing Supergirl not to use the Book of Destiny to bring back Earth. And I think it's where she says that, uh, or Supergirl calls her. That's, that's the reason why she's the paragon of courage because she had the courage to stand up to, to Supergirl I guess anyway back on Earth 1 Flash comes up with an idea to reverse the treadmill to destroy the machine oh I'm sorry going back it wasn't on a uh, the, the wall they went through that was the same spot where they uh, where Nash unleashed uh, or, um, or freed Anti-Monitor it was that same spot in that underground tunnel um, with all the little symbols that they had to push that's why, because yeah, because Cisco needed his vibe powers to know the the sequence to open up the door or open up the wall to for them to go in there. Okay, I'm sorry, I I drew a blank on that one. Now they got it. Okay, going on. So, uh, <laughs> um, Flash comes up with an idea to reverse the treadmill to destroy the machine. Meanwhile, in Purgatory, uh, they find Oliver, and he remembers them. He has his soul in Purgatory. Good, right? Okay, remember that. Um, Iris uh, convinces Ryan to uh, help them on their quest. And at the same time all this is going on, we find out that Earth-1 is the only Earth that's left. So we have uh, Barry. He says his goodbyes to Cisco and Caitlin. But 90s Flash stops him, and he ends up taking his place. And I was wondering how they're going to do that, because I, I, was, I was telling myself earlier, it's like, CW, they ain't got the balls to kill off Flash. They ain't going to do it. Sure enough, they get 90s Flash to take his place on the treadmill. So he starts going up again. We start to see Barry disintegrate. And in a really nice touching scene or moment, uh, we see a uh, we see through his eyes, we see Barry, we see a flashback to the old Flash TV show um, with him talking to his Iris. And we hear the, the, I think that was the old music from the Flash TV show playing in the background also. But as that's going on, he starts to disintegrate um, into nothingness, pretty much. The machine gets destroyed, and it saves Earth for right now. Uh, So back in Purgatory, uh, we see Jim Corrigan, a.k.a. the Spectre. He arrives and tells Oliver that it is now his destiny to become the new Spectre. So, um, yeah, he ends up staying behind. He can't leave Purgatory. He's going to be there, and everybody else leaves. Um, so back on the, the wave rider, uh, Lila comes back, uh, she gets controlled by anti-monitor and takes out everyone and actually kills the monitor. When I say take out everybody, like everybody, it was like a 
lightning beam or whatever. Everybody got taken, just got dropped down, whatever. Um, yeah, and she kills the monitor. Right at the same time this is happening, a new wave comes in and destroys Earth-1. And seemingly the whole universe, I'd imagine. Uh, Pariah, as this happens, Pariah transports all the Paragons away as Lila destroys the Wave Rider, which has everyone else in it. So, just to recap, all the Earths, all the Earths are gone. The seven Pariah, the seven Paragons, they're still they got transported away safely, and everybody else is dead. It's destroyed. So there's nothing left. The Paragons arrive at what's called the Vanishing Point. We find out it's a point outside of time and space. As they're trying to figure out what's going on, Superman starts to fall down in pain. Red lights start to come out of him. And he's basically replaced by Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor has wiped out Superman and taken his place as the Paragon of Truth. So that ends part three. That was the mid-season finale for everything. We had to wait, like, uh, what, a month? Or, no, month and a half. It was like six or seven weeks uh, for the break. And then we come back to part four, which took place on Arrow. All right. Now, on this one, uh, this one opens up taking place on what's called Planet Maltus. And it says 10,000 years ago. And here we see a younger looking monitor and his wife creating the device that lets him time travel to the beginning. He wants to, he wants to go back to the dawn of time. He goes in and enters what's called the temporal zone, which ends up getting corrupted with antimatter and ends up creating the anti-monitor. How about that? We're finally getting some more exposition about what's going on here. Uh, so back at the vanishing point, we find out that the Paragons have been stuck there for months. And they're all kind of coping with their own ways, training, meditating, all kinds of stuff. Barry's not there. He's been missing. But he comes flying back in here um, saying he's been trying to find a way out, but he can't He can't find any way out. We go back to Purgatory. We we've been, we see that Jim Corrigan has been teaching Oliver how to, how to be the Spectre, I guess. Telling him how to do what he needs to do so then we go back to the vanishing point oliver slash specter shows up and tells them that the speed force is the key to getting out he tells them they need to go to maltus and stop the uh, monitor from going to the dawn of time but they also need to go to the dawn of time to defeat the anti-monitor because the anti-monitor is already created so you gotta you gotta stop that so, he has Barry take them through the Speed Force to get out. He So, he drops off Supergirl, Ryan, and Lex on Maltus. And then as he's getting ready to take everybody to the Dawn of Time, Anti-Monitor kind of pops in the Speed Force and, like, just knocks everybody off the course, right? Um, so, and this takes up a lot of the rest of the episode of them trying to get out of the Speed Force. Um, it, I don't want to say it's confusing what happens. It's a little confusing, though. Um, but Oliver Spectre, he gets with Barry inside the speed force, explains to him that he needs to, he needs to find them all in the speed force by retracing important memories or bonds that they've all shared. Um, so where the, the, the bonds is what will attract him to them. So 
um, as he's getting started on that, he actually runs into another big, this was a surprise because I didn't know this was going to happen, uh, the DCEU Flash, uh, the one we saw on the big screen played by Ezra Miller in a, in a surprise appearance. Um, didn't really make much sense. And they even said it on this in the scene. That doesn't make any sense. How is he here? If all the other Earths and universes are destroyed, how is this uh, Flash showing up in the Speed Force right now? So, um, didn't make much sense, but that's kind of par for the course. It was just kind of really neat to see them two bounce off of each other for a second. Um, hello? What the hell is this? I'm asking myself the same question. Literally. No, this, this can't be happening. This, you sh What are you doing here? Well, I'll tell you that when you tell me where here is is this cosplay oh do you want a selfie bro no, no, i'm not, sorry i don't we're not no i'm also the flash you're also the what the flash the flash the flash it's complicated i like your outfit it seems and comfy yours is pretty cool smooth seems safe it's and breathable Found Barry Allen. No! What does that mean? How can this... This should be impossible now. It should be impossible now? You don't know about the... Oh my God, don't do this to me. I don't know about the what. You okay? You don't figure this was possible. What does this mean? Um, interesting trivia fact about that scene. That wasn't a scene that CW had in mind to do. It was actually from the higher ups at the, at Warner Brothers. They actually said, "Hey, um, put, we want uh, we want Flash to bump into this Flash." So there you go. I don't know what that means. That Warner Brothers themselves actually wanted Ezra Miller in this episode. Kind of neat though. Um, but that was it. It was kind of one and done. Uh, scene. Okay, so back on Maltus. Maltus? I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, Lex reveals that he's got some superpowers that he gave himself from the Book of Destiny. And so he's almost like a Superman. He's got... Uh, well, we'll see later on. Okay, so back in the Speed Force, we see uh, Kate slash Batwoman. She sees the moment when Oliver met Ray Palmer. Uh, <clears throat> we also see Martian Manhunter seeing uh, Oliver and Supergirl during the first crossover, which was the invasion crossover with the aliens. Uh, we see Flash. This is all in the Speed Force, so that we're, like, we're cutting like different scenes inside the Speed Force. Uh, these memories, these bonds, these moments that they bonded. We see uh, Oliver defeating Deegan and destroying the Book of Destiny from last year's crossover. But then he like he actually confronts Oliver because they can see him in there and he tells him that he's in the speed force and Oliver kind of tells him about the deal that he made with the monitor. So we go into the next scene with the uh, flash. Uh, well, we see Diggle and Laurel um, at the time of when white Canary just died on back on arrow way long, long time ago. So flash pops up, revives black Canary takes her. Automaltus, uh, Lex stops Monitor from going back in time by making trying to make a deal with him. 
he's going to try to do something. He's going to try to do something to the machine, like fix it to do something. I don't know what he's got it up in store, but, uh, but Supergirl will kind of shows up and, uh, that's what it is. Uh, Lex attempts to adjust the machine to do something. We don't know really what, but, uh, Supergirl busts in. Lex and Supergirl have a big super fight because he's got powers now. Uh, Ryan actually ends up convincing Monitor to give up, trying to work on his on his life's work, basically. Meanwhile, this, like I said, he grabbed uh, the Flash in the Speed Force. He grabbed uh, Black Canary. He took her. He took uh, Martian Manhunter. He took Batwoman. Um, he pops out during this whole scene on Maltus, and he grabs... Uh, Supergirl and Lex and Ryan. He takes all them. Uh, he takes everybody to the Dawn of Time uh, to fight the Anti-Monitor and, and, the, and the Shadow Demons. Well, before the big fighting starts, uh, Spectre, Oliver, arrives and tells them what the Paragons are there to do, and which is basically they can rebirth the universe. Comic book fans, you know, after... Uh, well, the last few years now, uh, Rebirth has been a thing in DC Comics after the New 52 reboot. they The Rebirth is kind of like a soft reboot, almost. So, uh, that couldn't have been a coincidence that he threw in the word Rebirth right there. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we get a big fight. All the heroes begin fighting the Shadow Demons. Uh, Spectre and Anti-Monitor begin to fight. Uh, while they're fighting, they... They, I guess, their power or whatever, it encases them in like, f- like fire, something. I don't know. It looks looks like fire, like surrounding them, whatever. <laughs> and then this is kind of weird. Um, Oliver grabs Anti Monitor by the arms. He tells him in true Arrow fashion that he's failed this universe. And then he looks up and he shoots a sky beam out of his mouth. Um, I guess that's gonna help rebirth the universe um and even even more things that didn't make any sense in this the scene was the paragons you know all the shadow demons vanish whatever so they try to figure out how to help uh oliver defeat and the monitor and they said they have to focus on him now you know in deadpool 2 when uh, he gives Domino shit about uh, power of luck not being cinematic. Um, this scene, uh, this this idea of them having to focus on them, that is not cinematic at all. It's literally, they stood in line. You ever see the Care Bears? When the Care Bears do the, the Care Bear stare and all the shit shoots out of their chests? Okay, imagine that, just with nothing shooting out of their chests, and it's just them staring. That's what happened. So, that was an interesting idea, interesting choice, uh, creative choice that the writers decided to do. Um, But at any rate, it works. Anti-Monitor explodes for no reason, uh, because of all the focus, (laughs) I guess. Um... Flash and Canary go to Spectre, who is Oliver again somehow, uh, and he lives just long enough to tell them that they were able to create the universe again, then dies again. Um, but Oliver, he got to say his piece. He said he was at peace at, at dying and all this other stuff. So, 
yeah, so they're still down there. We see, they look up, they see, I guess, a big kind of orange circle of light in the sky, and I guess it's forming up the universe again. So they they did their job. They uh, they won. They defeated Anti-Monitor. They rebuilt the, uh, they rebirthed the universe, as it were. But that's like the last scene of that one, right? So we go into part five, the final episode, which took place on Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, so we open up Kara, Supergirl, is back on Earth in her apartment. Uh, she gets a call saying, hey, what's going on? You need to be here this meeting. Uh, she whips over. We see that Lex Luthor is getting a Nobel Peace Prize. He's being recognized as a hero, and everybody loves him now. The DEA is now, in fact, owned by Lex Luthor. Nobody seems to know that the crisis happened. I want you to remember that. Uh, we cut to the Weather Witch uh, attacking for some reason, randomly. Weather Witch is usually a Flash villain. Uh, but Supergirl goes to stop her, and then, but she's beaten by the Flash. Flash ends up beating her first. They freak out that they're on the same Earth. We uh, get a, a bystander coming in once their autograph. They find out that you know it's it's not uncommon for them to be seen together on the same Earth anymore. Well, that bystander was actually Marv Wolfman, who uh, longtime DC comic readers will know. He's actually the writer of Crisis on Infinite Earths back in the day. He's the one of the co-creators of the original story, along with uh, George Perez. So that was kind of a, a nice, uh, you know, nice little cameo for him, I guess. We find out Nash Wells is in the same tunnel that uh, that he released Anti-Monitor in. Um, we see Sarah. She meets up with Ray, who doesn't know anything. The Martian Manhunter shows up and shows him the memories. They, he like touches his head and makes him remember all the stuff that they went through. I guess only the Paragons remembered what happened. Um, so anybody else that was involved in that doesn't remember nothing. So right now, the Paragons are the only ones that know anything of what happened with the crisis. To everybody else, it's like nothing ever happened. This has always been like it is. So anyway, yeah, Martian Manhunter lets Ray remember everything. Sarah goes to Oliver's base and hopes that he's alive. Uh, Team Arrow is there. And they already know everything because John uh, John Jones, Martian Manhunter, uh, he's already been there and he's already made them remember everything. Uh, but Sarah is in denial that Oliver is in fact dead. Uh, in Central City, uh, John Jones again shows up, shows Caitlin and Nash Wells what happened. Nash Wells is basically really hated because he's the one that unleashed everything. Uh, he's blamed for all the whole crisis happening in the first place. Uh, we see we go to Supergirl and Flash show up at Oliver's base and realize he's still dead. Uh, they get an alert of an attack, which turns out to be Giant's Beepo. Beepo is like a, a big running gag in Legends of Tomorrow. And I think he's popped up in some other CW shows too. But it's like a little like a teddy bear type thing, a little toy. But uh, anyway, it's, it's been a plot device actually. Uh, anyway, uh, the scene that we see Beepo in is actually very reminiscent of how we saw a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in Ghostbusters. Just kind of slow motion, kind of walking back and forth in the, down the street. Uh, it turns out it was a fake all along. Uh, it was actually just a distraction for a magician thief to steal some jewels. Obviously easily defeated. Um, oh, uh, the Batwoman shows up 
just to show us that she's on this earth as well. Doesn't really do anything though. Nash Wells says there's some anti-monitor or anti-monitor. There's some anti-matter starting to form up again very quickly. And so basically the, the crisis might be starting over again. Uh, Sarah and Barry have a moment together before being attacked by a shadow demon. So first we have antimatter, antimatter starting to show up again. Now we have shadow demons starting to show up. They figure out somehow, because uh, they're geniuses, that paragons are the ones being targeted. So they run and get Ryan safe, and they round up everyone to Oliver's base. They figure out that Anti-Monitor is still alive and come up with a plan to kill him. And how are they going to kill him? Well, Mick wants to actually throw him into the sun, which is quickly debunked by saying, hey, you throw Anti-Monitor demon or whatever into the sun it's going to create a big anti-monitor thing but whatever so they come up with another plan to just shrink them down into nothingness shrink them down and put them into the microverse there's a nice little uh joke right there about the uh, copyright or trademark infringements whatever but uh anyway so uh all the heroes uh team up and start to fight all the demons which actually ends up being the anti-monitor. Like, they all kind of swirl in and anti-monitor pops out uh, where the, the demons were. So, a big fight ensues. Uh, Flash ends up helping uh, them construct the uh, the shrink bomb, as they call it. Uh, anti-monitor grabs Superman. Uh, first of all, I gotta say, anti-monitor, right before he's defeated, he, like, he grows like really large, kind of like Apocalypse. You know, he grows like really big. He grabs Superman, and I guess he starts to crush him or whatever in his hand. But but uh, Supergirl does this weird... Uh, like, she's going to do something dramatic. Like, she's going to sacrifice herself. I don't know. Like, she likes, she's like, I know what I got to do. She like, has this look on her face, like, I know what I got to do. So she starts to fly, and it's, like, all super dramatic, slow motion. You know, she puts one, hump, one hand up in the air and then she puts two up and then she starts flying faster, I guess. And then all that dramatic is for naught because Adam just like bumps in, intervenes and, and says, Hey, throw this bomb at him like a girl. And, uh, so he, uh, so they throw the, uh, the shrink bomb right at anti-monitor and he shrinks down into nothingness. So that, that ends up saving the day. Um, anti-monitor is destroyed. All the shadow demons are gone. Um, no, I think they say that there's that he's not reading any more anti matter in the area. So that's the end of that. Uh, we cut to uh, we see a news report, a news reporter on the TV explaining that the anti monitor was defeated by all the heroes. They actually called it on the bottom of the of the screen. It says the anti monitor crisis is what they called the uh, the battle here. Which is kind of weird because the fight was so fast. Like, it's kind of weird that they know that all the heroes teamed up and they've defeated this. They know, like, it's just weird that they know what the Anti-Monitor is, what they call call it. And unless there's some kind of deleted scene of one of the heroes giving an interview to the news station and telling them what happened. I don't see how they knew everything. I have this news report knew everything this is it's so i guess another rush thing just to kind of wrap up uh the fact that to solidify the fact that it's it's over 
but watching this uh, news report is Diggle and Lila, so she's back. Um, we already knew that they had a daughter. Now there's also a boy, a little baby boy down there too. So that's different. Unless that's going back to an arrow. He, it was teased that he was going to adopt this, the kid that grows up to be part of the Green Arrow's daughter's team. Anyway, that is not really relevant here. Um, so we also see Superman flying around. This is the CW Superman flying around. He gets a call from Lois. And she tells him that uh, he needs to come home and help her with their sons, plural. And he has a confused look on his face, like sons. And then he flies off. The news report is still going on, and, ex- and it also announces that Oliver's dead. Talking about how his sacrifice saved. Like, again, I don't know how this news report knows all this information. That's like how to, I don't know, it's just kind of weird that this news report is telling us everything. <laughs> Um, so we get the final scene here. No, not the final scene. This is the second to the final scene. Uh, we hear Oliver's voice narrate how the multiverse is reborn. Um, kind of, it, it kind of bookends how we hear the monitor narrating the start of on episode one or the first episode, first part. Um, this is kind of bookending how it ends with him explaining it's, it's all how it's all being created. And then as he's explaining this, we're seeing different shots of different Earths and different characters. So we see quick shots of, uh, it says Earth 2. And on Earth 2, we get a shot of Stargirl and the JSA. Stargirl, as you know, is it's a new show that was supposed to be for the DC Universe app, but it's also going to be on CW. That's coming out, I think it's spring or summer or something. I'm not really sure. It's coming out sometime this year, I think. Then from there, we cut to Earth 12. We see uh, a green light shooting from Earth and going through the star, through the universe, and it's and we see it go on. I guess it's supposed to be Oa because we see tons of Green Lantern Corps members everywhere. Um, so that was kind of cool seeing that, and I'm and I'm I'm betting that that is a tease for uh, this rumored. I don't think it's a rumored. I think it's in production in development. The Green Lantern Corps TV show for the HBO Max uh, streaming app. So um, that's kind of cool if that is, in fact, a tease for that. Uh, we cut to Earth-19, which I don't even know why they did this. Other than rubs, you know, just to rub salt in the wound. Uh, but it said Earth-19, and they showed uh, a clip of Swamp Thing from the DC Universe app, which we all know... Uh, infamously was cut short right before, right as episode one was airing. It was canceled right as episode one aired. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of weird that they took a few seconds out to, you know, acknowledge Swamp Thing as a viable property when it's already canceled, unless they got plans to bring it back somehow. Cause that pissed off a lot of people. Um, so we go from that one to earth nine, uh, which is uh, the Titans from the DCU. Uh, then we cut to Earth-21, which is Doom Patrol from DCU, which I guess is now HBO Max. And then we cut to Earth-96. We see Brandon Browse, Superman is back. And in a really cool shot, he's flying around Earth's orbit like, like Christopher Reeve, Superman at the end of the first Superman movie. And he kind of looks up the, at the camera Give you a little wink and the nod there, and he kind of flies off. But you know, if you notice on this one, the black 
Uh, the emblem is gone. It's back to the yellow and red. So that was cool. That symbolizing that he's found his, uh, he's not, uh, he hasn't suffered that great loss anymore. Either that or he's over it. I don't know. But it was kind of cool to see classic Superman costume, uh, Brandon Routh, and in a pose in a scene similar to uh, what we saw in Christopher Reeve Superman. Before we get to the final one, I did uh, I did notice, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting that we had Earth, uh, Earth-19, Earth-9, Earth-21, all DCU properties, but they're on different Earths, which was interesting, especially when you look at Doom Patrol and Titans, because Doom Patrol was actually introduced in the backdoor pilot during Titans. So... I thought that was interesting that they're saying that now they're on separate Earths now. So, and that's just to, to, to solidify the fact that, hey, don't be expecting any more crossovers from these shows, like on that side of things. CW, yeah, we'll do crossovers all the time. But when it comes to the DC app and the HBO Max, all other stuff, don't don't be expecting, you know, any crossovers, Doom Patrol, Titans, anything like that. So... I guess that's why they would do that. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Of all the properties, they spent, you know, three of them on DCU stuff. So, anyway. Th- so, we, the all these these montages here ends on what's called Earth Prime, which is formerly Earth 1, I guess, but now we're calling Earth Prime. And we see Flash, Supergirl, White Canary, Black Lightning, uh, Batwoman, Marsh Manhunter, and the CW Superman. Um, all given... Uh, saying a few words about uh, Oliver, we see a little, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, but they have his costume in a case and they're burning fire in front of it and everything. Kind of like a uh, memorial, I guess. But anyway, they uh, they say some things. Black Lightning like, Black Lightning's like, dude, I don't know who this dude was, but he seems like he's all right. Which is <laughs> kind of funny. I'm trying to have this big moment and everything. Um, so they walk away from it. Black Lightning's like, hey, why are we in this condemned building? Barry's like, it's not condemned. It's an old stars factory that everybody that is, uh, nobody knows it's here. It's just kind of, it's, it's just kind of abandoned, but you know, it's, it's here. Um, uh, but Barry reveals a uh, Justice League type table with chairs and all the chairs have their logos and whatnot all over them. So I guess that's going to be their base of operations going forward. We hear some banging and clanging upstairs. Uh, you know, they're like, what's all that? What's that noise? Here's some, like, monkey sounds or whatever. We cut to a pan shot. It's a it's a cage, like a like an animal testing cage, I guess. And on the little name tag there on the cage, uh, it says Gleek with a little banana peel next to it. And as we see the word Gleek, we hear some little famous music you might have heard of it's it's the old super friends uh theme song playing in the background so uh as we hear or we see signs of gleek there who was on super friends he was like the little you you know who gleek is he's like the little the blue monkey uh he's kind of like a mascot to the super friends i guess but he was a memory had a little costume and cape and all that other stuff he's a super monkey right so we get that, and then it pans out outside the building that they're in, and the building they're in is happens to be the Hall of Justice. So, I don't know. It sounds like they're uh, introducing some a lot of Super Friends elements. I don't know if we're gonna start getting some. Uh, uh, what was their names? Uh, Jan and Zan, the Wonder Twins. Oh, 
I won't be surprised if we get those at some point. But uh, anyway, that was kind of interesting. That's but that's how it ends. The exterior shot of the Hall of Justice, and uh, that's it. That's that's the crisis. Um, they're kind of setting the stage for the fact that all the CW heroes are all on Earth Prime. Um, so no more having to get around and because last couple seasons it was getting kind of you know they could just hop to different earths kind of willy-nilly because you know cisco creates just about anything and they had like little devices that could teleport them to different earths so we don't have to worry about that anymore makes the things a little bit easier for them but uh, anyway overall this was a a fun crossover event with of course some rush spots uh, which ended up making the story even more confusing at times. Part one was especially affected by this due to all the exposition and setups they had to do in it. In part one, when Lois and Clark shot their son off to rocket to avoid the crisis, um, you know, I kind of said it went nowhere. You know, went to the other Earth so that you know White Canary could have that little scene with Oliver. But then they grab him, and uh, uh, that's it. Like that was the last time we see the son. Now. Yeah, I'm guessing that has something to do with the mention of the sons at the end of that episode. Maybe they inherited a... I don't know, but he would have two of the same kids, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um, one of the... I thought one of the most rushed and missed opportunities was how they handled Pariah. Kind of like the tragic nature to his character. Uh, but they... They kind of played it up as a bad guy. Uh, I don't know. Just the fact that he had to witness all those people dying. I don't know. It was an interesting character. Interesting arc for him but i don't know this kind of went nowhere with that character all he was there to do was to transport them out right before everybody died anyway um it was cool uh bounce around to all the different earths and seeing random characters i will say there are some missed missed opportunities and some disappointments i thought um you're going you're you know you're making the effort of having representation of your your main characters right you had kevin conroy as as the old batman you had two Supermen and Supergirl, but and then you and you and then you kind of see flashes, no pun intended, of like just different random characters from different. I mean, they brought in Ashley Scott from Birds of Prey for God's sake. So how do you not have Linda Carter in some capacity playing Wonder Woman? So you have you have Batman, you have Superman, but no Wonder Woman at all in this thing it ruins the trinity effect you know you, you have to have the trinity for the dc comics right and they've had linda carter on supergirl she was like the president for like a season or something so that kind of boggled my mind obviously it had to have been some kind of timing issue or because surely she, she, I, I don't see her having any issues being a part of this franchise i mean she was on a, she had a recurring role for god's sake Another thing, uh, another character, which I didn't think about at first, but I heard other people talking about it. Uh, Alan Richton, he he plays uh, Hawk on uh, the Titans, and we see him. In, he's like when their Earth gets wiped out, and then we see him at the end when he comes back. So he had a little. I mean, obviously that was like stock footage from from Titans, but you know, if you don't know, he actually played uh, Aquaman on this on Smallville. So. That would have been kind of neat to see him, like, since he's still around, he's still in that, you know, in this in this genre here. It would have been cool if they could have popped in as Aquaman for a split second. But um, apparently it was like a, a timing thing because he was actually, in fact, he was filming 
the next season of, of Titans when this was filmed. So he couldn't uh, do that. But that would have been kind of neat. So anyway, I, I'm sure there could have been more uh, cameos by other actors from past DC shows. Like, I'm kind of surprised they didn't, they didn't grab anybody from... Uh, uh, from Gotham, you know, that would have been kind of neat just to round out the, the TV side of things. But um, maybe that was a, I don't know, since it was on Fox, maybe that was a thing. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, for the most part, they, they, they tried to stay on track the best they could not, with not having too many of the typical CW talking scenes or the, the CW political soapbox things or the SJW stuff. They kept it pretty, pretty laser focused on just telling the story. So um, I don't know. That was, that was kind of refreshing that we didn't have to a lot of sit through a lot of BS. There were some scenes with, you know, Batwoman and Supergirl, but it was all for the plot of the story. So it's all right. Um, Oliver becoming Spectre was, I would say, is hardly a surprise, at least for me. As it's been stated at the start of every episode of Arrow that he's going to become something else. So I, I just kind of assumed in the fact that his season, his show was ending. Um, however, I was confused about when he was the Spectre. Like he didn't feel like Spectre to me. You know, he didn't have the, he didn't have the, the green glowing eyes. He wasn't pale white. You know, he just looked like Oliver in a green robe. That's it. And then he becomes Oliver at the end and dies again. I don't know. So it was just a weird, like, did he have his soul at the end of that? Like, cause he he couldn't come back with him because he didn't have a soul. So I don't know the whole Oliver Specter thing. I think that was kind of a I don't want to say wasted opportunity, but they could have done so much more with that. I thought, but I don't know. I mean, they spend all this money on special effects. I mean, I don't know. I don't see how making his eyes glowing green would be that that hard to do. Um. Yeah, so that was a little confusing. One of the um. I don't know. One of the the biggest problems with this is the fact that the crisis is such a huge event. You can't do it justice, uh, especially with when it, when you're trying to accommodate the CW shows. So I mean, that's their overall goal is to get the CW shows on one Earth, one reality, I guess. So, um, but for for all intents and purposes, you know, I you know I enjoyed it. It was just kind of fun uh, just to see a lot of the all a lot of the nods and whatnot. So. So if I had to give you maybe a, a top five moments for me for this uh, this whole crossover, in no particular order, I would say um, the Lucifer cameo scene, just because you know we were you know me and my wife just started watching Lucifer this past year, and I mean we binged the hell out of it, and she really I mean she likes it. She, I think she likes it more than me actually she she loves the uh, the actor that plays Lucifer, and to see him in that role. It was really fun because it was unexpected to, um, he actually, they actually tried to, uh, convince everybody that he wasn't going to be on it. Cause he, he was spotted in, uh, I think Vancouver where they were filming, whatever. And he was at an interview with like entertainment tonight or something. And they asked him straight up, said, Hey, we see you dressed like Lucifer. You're in here. Are you, or you're in this, you're in town. Are you filming for this event? He says, no, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine, he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, we were just hanging out, and that's how rumors get started. So I thought that was a nice uh, swerve, kind of a red herring almost, to to the fans. Like, hey, he's not going to be in here. Don't get your hopes up. And then, bam. Uh, oh, real quick, I forgot to mention this. Uh, when they're on Earth Earth 666, 
right before we see Lucifer, there's like an overhead shot of the city. And off to the bottom right-hand corner, there's a big billboard for uh, the Watchmen. If you haven't, if you notice that, go back and check it out. It's kind of nice little uh, blinking, you miss it type thing. Um, so yeah, the Lucifer cameo is cool. Um, I would also say uh, the Kingdom Come Superman, just seeing that costume um, was really cool. Seeing the whole Superman, that part of it with Brandon Routh being Superman, the fact that he was Kingdom Come Superman, um, which turns out it was actually supposed to be a continuation of the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman Returns uh, universe because they mentioned a few things about that, about that whole universe. So, um, it was kind of cool continuation of that. We see that he is the King come Superman, get that costume. And then we see the cool Superman versus Superman fight. So all that was kind of neat. And then the, and then the, um, the, the final cameo with him doing the big homage to Christopher Reeve. So, um, so that would be another top moment. Another one would be, um, seeing the nineties flash, which was played by John Wesley uh, Ship, which if you watch the show, you know that. I mean, he's been a big recurring character. I didn't mention this before in the review, but this actually took place uh, as a continuation because in the last year's crossover event, the Monitor actually like zaps away Flash. We don't know where he goes. We never see him again until this in the, until this crossover. So we finally figure out what happened to him in the last crossover event. But anyway that scene of him sacrificing himself and we get the flashback to uh, that one scene with him and Iris and the music playing. That was such, that was emotional. That was probably the best, best scene. I thought another good scene would be, of course, the Smallville scene with uh, Tom Welling, Eric Durant's coming back as Lois and Clark, Tom Welling s- still looking. I mean, he could, I know he's trying to distance himself from that, but um, if you wanted to go around as an, do another run to this. I mean, dude's looking good. I mean, he could he could do it. Yeah, he's got some gray, but hey, whatever, dude. He's still rocking it. I was I know a lot of people, there's a lot of speculation. Even after that scene, man, people were breaking that scene down with with Tom Welling. Talking about did he really give up his powers? And there I saw this one YouTube video where they actually broke they zoomed in on his watch and they said his watch was the saying that his dad gave him, but in this this particular watch, the the face of the watch was blue, and if you remember blue, there's a there's a blue kryptonite from Smallville that made him human, and anytime he had it around him, he's he didn't have any powers. So you know all he has to do is take off that watch, and he can be Superman again, have all his powers again, and that's what he's gonna do. He's gonna come back at the end of this, and I was like, ah, come on, y'all people are stretching, but it's wishful thinking. But, you know, hey, maybe there's something to it. I just thought that was, uh, it was just funny kind of seeing everybody kind of, you know, fan theory before the final episode came out. But uh, anyway, uh, and then probably lastly, uh, a top moment would be uh, Flash meaning Flash from uh, Justice League. That was kind of neat. Random, weird, didn't make any sense contextually into the story, but it was what it was. It was kind of fun. I guess to remind us that the DCEU isn't dead yet. Um, now, as for the CW, CW shows since this has aired, for Arrow, I kind of dug the little backdoor pilot they did for Green Arrow and the Canaries, um, which I doubt that'll get picked up. It's basically taking place 20 years in the future with Arrow's daughter and her her gang. It had a uh, Katie Cassidy in there because she like time traveled, I guess, to that that time, I don't know, that's already kind of weird in itself. 
So that was kind of neat. Um, I, I don't think it's going to get picked up, though. Uh, the final episode of Arrow was 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 pretty good. Uh, it was basically just a big funeral scene for for uh, Oliver. Um, it had some cameos in here, and you know, like uh, Flash and Supergirl showing up. What's her face? Uh, Felicity returned for the final episode. And of course, it had the big reveal at the end of that episode. Or Diggle, he he announced in the episode that he's gonna pack up and he's moving his family to Metropolis because he thinks the fight still has to go on, even though Oliver's gone. I do. I, I gotta say, I, I've been liking Diggle's character arc for like the last this last season because um, he's you know Oliver died twice. And I think he said that in the was the final episode of this or in the one of these episodes. Oliver was talking to one of them and he says that Oliver died twice and he wasn't there for either one of them. Like he wasn't there to save them either time. So the burden that he has to carry on was, I mean, it's really, I mean, it's some good shit right there. some good, good material uh, for that. Um, but yeah, they said they're going to move to Metropolis, but we see in a one little scene there that uh, he's packing up a moving van and uh, this meteorite or something falls from the sky, knocks him over and he goes to see what it is. And it's a little box. He picks up the box. He opens it up. We don't see what it is, but we see a green a green glow coming from the box. So, um, you know, the big rumor for a couple of years now. Um, actually, I think since, oh, I should say since last year's crossover, uh, when uh, 90s Flash popped up and he saw Diggle and he looked at him and he says, hey, Stuart, I didn't know you were here. You know, John Stewart, Green, green Lantern. So... Ever since then, everybody was freaking, oh, my God, Diggle's going to be Green Lantern. He's going to be, you know, the Jon Stewart, whatever, of the Green Lantern. Uh, that never really happened. But um, so this is obviously a nod to that rumor. Um, I mean, what else would it be, right? I don't know why a Green Lantern ring would be in a box crashing down to Earth right next to him. I mean, if it, if he was supposed to be the Green Lantern, the, the ring would find him, right? So anyway. Um, so that, I mean, that could be nothing or that could carry over to that Green Lantern, uh, show that's in development right now. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but more importantly, it seems on all these shows that everyone remembers or knows about crisis. Now you could say that since that news report at the end of the crossover was titled anti-monitor crisis, that's what they're referring to. However, in Flash, in the newest episode of Flash, it just seems like they were overdoing it and overthinking on how to explain that what all they went through, which totally negates the entire thing, I think. Um, for instance, when Crisis was done in the comics, it was done. Like, everything straight up rebooted from the ground up with no one knowing anything. Here, on Flash... Caitlin mentions that they need to figure out how to live in this post-crisis world. Uh, you know, granted, you know, she's given the memories of what happened, but even like the small things like their, their coffee shop has a, 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 a quote, post-crisis reopening, like really in your face stuff to remind us as if we didn't, as if we don't know that they went through all that stuff. I mean, I haven't watched any Supergirl episodes yet. And I completely turn off of Batwoman after the first five minutes of one of the worst opening scenes I've ever seen, ever. Um, oh my God, that last episode after Crisis for Batwoman, it was, oh God, horrible. 
Uh, jeez. I, I just wish that they would have been smarter about how to handle the after effects of everything. And so far, it, to me, it seems that they fumbled the ball at every step since then. Uh, which is a shame, I, you know. But I did still enjoy the crossover for what it was, which was a huge superhero comic book event taking from the comics to the TV screen. It has a comic book fan, superhero fan. You really can't ask for much more than that. I mean, you can, but I mean, come on. So uh, anyway, that's going to wrap up this uh, this episode. I know I went a little long here, uh, but hopefully it was something y'all enjoyed. Uh, helped kill some time for you guys. We'll be back with another episode here pretty soon. So until next time, always remember to pop your culture. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice, are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. Superman. Batman and Robin. Wonder Woman. Aquaman. And the Wonder Twins, Sam and Gina, with their space monkey, Bleak. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind.
Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo!